everyone. Welcome to a somewhat special but very short, very short episode of Uncanny Treks. We continue our coverage of the 2023 Superman cartoon that I still refuse to call by its name. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. Matt, how the hell are you doing tonight? Doing okay, Bob. I am like you. I keep forgetting the name of the show because you won't say it on the podcast. Yes, and I yes. keep finding myself wanting to type The Adventures of Superman, but that's not the name of the show. It's My Adventures with Superman. If it were called The Adventures of Superman, I probably still would more often just say Superman, but I would be willing to say the title. Well, Bob, this episode we are, I guess, introduced in this whatever show to Mr. Mixel Pitalik. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize it till he came on screen, but I had been unconsciously dreading seeing the show's version of Mr. Mixel Pitalik. I don't know, like, eh, what'd you think? Uh, I don't know, Bob. I think this is a down for me with this with this episode. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like your description of Mixie. How did, how, did, how did you put it? Yeah, I'm just going to say, Bob, he looks like a Dragon Ball Z wizard. And I've never watched an episode of Dragon Ball Z, and I don't know if they're wizards, but I'm just going to assume. That seems right to me, yeah. I... I just described it as very anime, but yeah, I, I think the the specificity of Dragon Ball Z Wizard is completely correct. I also, I guess I should say for anyone joining us that we're talking about episode seven of Superman 2023, Kiss Kiss Fallen Portal, which pretty good title, I gotta admit. I guess I'm not bothered so much by this version of Mixie, like I've been bothered by how they did Parasite and The Mist and Silver Banshee, because like, Broadly, he still is, you know, Mixie, like he has all the mischievousness and you need to trick him. But the design is, even though Mixie's design has varied somewhat over the years, the design is pretty a pretty radical departure. And they also, usually he's more played as like a magical fifth dimensional imp, whereas here they're really playing him up as a multiversal figure, which I, you know... Longtime listeners of the podcast will know my feelings about the multiverse. Yeah, when I heard multiverse, I rolled my eyes. I'm like, really, do we have to go in this direction right now? Like, we're so oversaturated with everything dealing with multiverses versus, is that how you say it? Multiverses. Yeah. yeah. So, some people had a pretty sick meme on Twitter. I think it's the Jordan Peele sweating meme. And it's just like, you know, that picture. And then it's like the producers of My Adventures with Superman when they hear people complaining about the multiverse stuff three months before the show comes out. Yeah, I mean, when they said multiverse, I was like, shit, this is gonna, this is just, there's just too much multiverse coming at me. I, I will say, though, I was glad that they did not go the technology route with Mixel Piddle. Like, they could have done that if they wanted. Yeah, yeah, which that's been the essential problem with their portrayal of Parasite and Silver Banshee, right? Yeah, so. but see, Bob and I grew up with Mixel Piddle, like, wearing a little orange spacesuit and had like what white hair sticking out the side. That's my mix up pedal. Now yours may be different. It's like a little orange purple. It's like orange with purple strap things around his shoulders. I always just thought of that as like a kind of stylized like dress up suit. I didn't okay, it's like the it. shit they'd wear on the Jetsons, I guess is what I should say. Uh, yeah. Okay. If you say, if you say it like that, I'm more when I say spacesuit, yeah. I mean like uh, it could be a spacesuit from the future. Yeah, to me, to me, the important things that Mixie needs, not, and he's not a character I deeply care about, so I, I don't know. He, he's always been kind of annoying, so I'm not, like, super invested in them getting Mixie right. But to me, the two things you need to, Mixie needs to have are a cigar and a bowler hat, you know? Yeah, bowler hat, definitely, for sure. And also a cigar. The children need to be exposed to positive representations of smoking, Matt. It's important. Well, I've read lots of issues in Mixel Pitalik, and yes, I do know he has a cigar, but I've never thought of it as being part of his character. That's 
the bowler hat for sure. You didn't find that uh, early John Byrne issue that I know you had where Mixie uh, like picks up a bus and smokes it as a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't I find remember, that formative hat. But here, here's the thing, Bob. Mixel Pitalik is only as good as his writers. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, if they don't have a very good puzzly story to tell that involves you know Superman having to find a way to trick Mixel Pitalik, the story's trash. Yeah, and I mean, that's one of the challenging things about writing Superman in general is that, and I think this has tended to be forgotten in a post-Dark Knight Returns world, but Superman is supposed to be really smart, and he's supposed to regularly outwit Mixie and Luther and Brainiac, and so that he can be a very, you know, it's not like you're writing uh, Spider-Man or Daredevil, right? Like, Superman is is regularly supposed to outwit rather than, you know, brute force his opponents. Correct. And and that's the thing about the mix-up Pitalik stories. There's only so many ways you can trick this dude to where it's interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it usually has to do with his name, having him, in, having him say his name backwards. Yeah, which honestly, although it, in one level it feels like a cop-out that they don't go that route, on another level I, I can't blame them so much, you know? Yeah, because the story's been told before so many times. Yeah. So do you remember Mixie on the Bruce Timm 90 Superman cartoon? Very vaguely. Wasn't he like bald with a purple suit? I think that's right. I don't I don't remember him very well either. So that's why I ask. I I don't even remember what opinion I had about him back in the day. Yeah, I don't I don't think he was in many episodes. Yeah. Which bringing up the Bruce Tim thing, I guess I should say, even though we're complaining about the multiverse thing, it does, you know, give us easy content to discuss. So we have a brief scene where we see the Fleischer Superman, the Super Friends Superman, the Bruce Tim 90 Superman and Crab Superman. Of those four, who's your favorite? Yeah, I'm going to go Tim 100%, Bob. <laughs> Though I do get very nostalgic for, like, the Fleischer design, because that's probably the first cartoon version of Superman I was introduced to. Yeah, yeah. You know, same, same. Not that I'm that old, it's just that's all we had, like, in, in, in the late 80s. They, they well, were really showing reruns of Super Friends, but for some reason those Fleischer cartoons came on all the time. I think because they were public domain. Oh, that explains a lot. There were there was a late '80s Superman cartoon, but I don't think either of us watched it. Yeah, I don't I don't remember that at all. Or we just didn't. Yeah, we were too busy watching Ninja Turtles and like you know the, the really good <laughs> cartoons. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm super super fond of the '90s Tim Superman show, even though I don't remember its mixy very well. And I'm a little, you know, I can't help but sometimes negatively compare this show to it. But that said, I also feel like you should give some recognition for Crab Superman. That made me laugh. Yeah, they just had to pick one random ass one to stick in there. They yeah. did the same thing with the Loises. <laughs> yeah, although it was interesting, there was a lot more Loises in the League of Lois lanes. There was, you know, Fleischer and Bruce Tim versions, but I feel like I didn't care enough to try to jot them all down. But there were a lot of other versions too. So speaking of the League of Lois lanes, a I thought it was hilarious that they give our Lois this Lois an inferiority complex, but I am a little bitter, like. I feel like this should have been the Legion of Superheroes, but it isn't the Legion of Superheroes because there's that damn Brian Bendis Legion cartoon that's supposedly in development for Max, but I'm sure, especially with the the writers and actor strike, but I'm sure even without those would just probably never have come out. So it's one of those frustrating things of, oh, you're going to get this, but you're not going to get it. And in the meantime, they're not going to show up in anything else. Yeah, I would have preferred the Legion, honestly. 
However, when I was you know going through the notes and trying to put it together, I, I didn't want to spell out League of Lois Lanes, and mm-hmm. I did the whole Legion thing, and we usually put LOS, but this is LOL, Bob. Or usually it's LSH, not to be a patent. LSH. Motherfucker. What? I, why have I been doing it wrong then? In my brain, it was funny because League of Lois Lanes was LOL. Like, ha ha ha. <laughs> Sometimes people do LOS, but LSH is much more common. LOS looks so much cooler. <laughs> it's because of the lowercase, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The that. lowercase is kind of cool. It's stylistic. Well, and it, it always is super dash heroes. So you got a point that it's maybe redundant to do SH since it's all one word. Yeah, but then it would be League of Lois Lanes. There's not a little dash between Lois Lanes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I yeah, I, I just wanted to express my bitterness. Although, in fairness, if they had done the Legion of Superheroes, A, it would have been manga style or anime style. <laughs> and I probably would have been cranky about that. And B, they would have made my beloved Legion multiversal, which is something they mostly have not been. And that would have infuriated me to no end. So you, mean, you wouldn't have liked to have like the Legion come in with like mech suits? That would be cool. <laughs> no, I would not like that. <laughs> um, so maybe it, for, it, you know, for good and all, it actually is for the best that it was the LLL instead of the LOS or the LSH. Like the Gundam Legion are coming in. The Gundam Legion is here, Matt. You know, this episode does at least give me a chance to run down a lot of trivia, so I'm grateful to it for that. So in the museum that Mixie and Superman are trying to rob, we see a lot of artifacts. They appear to be a mother box from New Genesis, Hawkman's Mace, what I think is probably the Book of Fate, although it might be something else, Mr. Terrific's T-Spear, a Green Lantern, the Helmet of Naboo, Starman's Cosmic Rod, a Legion Flight Ring, so I get a little Legion trivia in here, and then Lois's tape recorder. Okay, rewind for a second. A Green Lantern ring or a Green Lantern in itself? No, just a Green Lantern. How did I miss that? Oh, the Lantern. Oh, the action. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I totally didn't picture that correctly, Bob. In my head, I was picturing like Hal Jordan inside a case. I was like, I did not see that, Bob. Oh, that you would be a fine. Lantern in itself. That would the be fine. Physical Lantern. <laughs> Now, Matt, I, I will say in my, def- you know, probably you're right to criticize me because this is an audio medium and the listeners can't see my notes. Yes. But you can see my notes where it's A, lowercase <laughs> green, lowercase lantern. So it's maybe less defensible for you to be confused. It is very true, but I'm just here for the listeners, Bob. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You are the voice of the listeners against my unclarity and poor note-taking skills. <laughs> So, Matt, have you noticed this thing, and I couldn't tell you episodes, but I know he's done it, I I would say at least three times in the show, where, like, Jack Quaid, when he's voicing Superman, he does this, like, tone of voice where it's like, Superman is now angry or offended because he's finally realized that someone has lied to him, and so he gets this certain, I'm still friendly, but I'm angry tone, and I I just gotta say, I don't care for that tone of voice. I'm gonna have to listen closer. I feel like they're trying to copy some of what the Bruce Tim Superman did in the Justice League cartoons. Oh, that's interesting. Because his voice, you remember, you remember that would happen. Like his voice would shift when he got super serious. Like when super, that's lame. When he got super serious. So <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, but it was way better in those contexts, mainly yeah. because of the plot. I don't remember that offhand, but now that you're saying it, I, I it's sort of coming to me, but I can't fully remember it. Yeah, it's there, but it's not as effective. Okay, fair enough. Especially because I guess the stakes aren't as high here. Yeah, yeah. 
and it's i don't know it's it's a little bit of maybe just, I, it's it's a weird tick is all i'll say so bob you have any opinion on making this lowest like the less successful of the lowest lanes there's no Pulitzer Prize yet. And then Mixie takes like several subtle jabs that are being inadequate to the others. But then he says she's the fun Lois. Yeti, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? I, I didn't have too many thoughts on it. But one thing I did see on Twitter that I, I thought was pretty good was also somebody making the point that in, in a way this maybe just shows how predictable and racist some fans are. But they were pointing out that it's almost, or not almost, it pretty much does seem like the producers of the show anticipated the fan backlash to Lois. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, they've, they're preempting the fan backlash with like Mixie being the sort of voice of the fans, or at least the, vo the more meta, more self-aware voice, which is a role that like Mixie and Bat might often play. Yeah, and Mixie's obnoxious. So what does that tell you, fans? <laughs> well, I forgot to put this in the notes, but I was thinking the use of Mixie in this. Uh, so Batmite obviously is the, the Batman clone of Mixie who shows up in 50s Batman comics and then famously shows up in the Brave and the Bold cartoon from, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But the use of Batmite, I think, has always tended to be more self-aware, more meta, more winking at like the history of the Batman character. And it was kind of interesting that it felt like a lot of that had bled over to Mixie in this episode, which is not stuff I would as much associate with Mixie, if that makes sense. That is very true, because Mixie does seem to have more of the characteristics of Batmite. He just shows up whenever, and I don't feel like they really had to try to trick him to make him go away. There wasn't anything like that going on. He's still around. They sort of did that with, like, Lois uh, snatching his hat. Like, that was sort of their substitute for making him say his name backwards. Taking that certain level of his magic away, but other than that, so did you have thoughts on Lois being the least successful Lois? I don't, I don't know what they're going with. I just, I was glad it was kind of a different take because we've always yeah. seen Lois as like the super successful, go-getting, career-oriented reporter, and this is more of someone who isn't pushed so much to climb the ranks. But then again, that may just be a whole social commentary, Bob. <laughs> I think it's interesting to do, like, a League of Loises, right? Especially since uh, Grant Morrison and Josh Williamson in the comics have done a lot with, like, multiversal organizations of Superman, which are Supermen, which I don't care for. But, you know, if you're going to do it for Superman, I guess on one level you might as well do it for Lois. But on another level, it sort of annoys me because, like, I am fully of the opinion that Lois has to be awesome for Superman to work, right? Like, she has to be a human who's so deeply impressive that like you know superman is smitten with her which is no mm -hmm. no small thing but on the other hand like i don't necessarily need lois to be a multiversal warrior you know that that's a little <laughs> dumb yeah in today's society you have to be a multiversal warrior bob yeah, yeah. well and also like <laughs> lois should be one of the best reporters in the world but i kind of feel like to the extent that there should be realism in Superman shows or in cartoons and comics, which is not the, you know, there probably shouldn't be that much realism, but to the extent there should be realism, it probably should attach to Lois and Perry. You don't need to do nonsense about like winning a Pulitzer at 19. No one does that. Strangely, that's far-fetched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In this universe. Maybe you didn't catch this, but the character who uh, was a merger of Jimmy and Lois, that was, was her name Jacinda Lane? Jacinda Lane. Yeah. Okay, I was looking online and couldn't find it. But oh, I, I actually, I sure. think she may have been Jacinda Olsen. 
I wanted to I wanted to double check that with you since I couldn't find it online yesterday. And I did want to say that her enthusiasm for Comet, the telepathic horse, was super charming. <laughs> yeah, I knew that horse showed up. I was like, Bob's gonna mention that. Bob likes that horse. <laughs> I do like I do like you know, uh you know, in some versions the horse is a rodeo <laughs> a rodeo <laughs> cowboy named Bill Starr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've heard the story, Bob. <laughs> You're the only one keeping that legend alive. <laughs> I love it, though, man. I love it. I will also say I'm deeply annoyed, and I try not to be like an English teacher pedant, but this really annoyed the shit out of me. The writers don't know what redacted means. If you redact something, it means you obscure sensitive information, like you, you black it out within a document. It doesn't mean you restrict access to a document. Yeah, it, that doesn't make sense. I didn't catch this, but... I don't know, Bob. That seems a little nitpicky. I don't know. I just, like a whole room of writers and no one knows what redacted means. Come on. They're all getting ready to go on strike. <laughs> See, this is, this is why you need to pay your writers more so they can afford to have a dictionary. They got to increase their education. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They need to come to my class. I wouldn't let that fly in the paper. <laughs> We should have mentioned this early, but it was an amusing little nod that Mixie's power source is a derby hat. But then, I, almost as if they're trolling the old-time fans, he puts it on only for it to disappear and only for him to become a super Dragon Ball Z wizard instead of merely a Dragon Ball Z wizard. Yeah, I was hoping we were going to get like a more comic-accurate mix after he put the hat on, but that didn't happen. So There was definitely disappointment there. I don't even know what he transformed into. Like Looking at it, it looked the exact same to me, just like he had more hair sticking out the top of his head. I think they were more like tattoos and face paint, too, I think. So there was more... Okay, so you don't know either. We just, like, like, why even... Like, they, they, that was kind of a wasted thing for them to do. <laughs> I mean, I, I think transformations are big on Dragon Ball Z, so it's probably tied to that somehow. Yeah, but... So arguably this is going to be nitpicking too, Matt, but like a first date is way too soon to be saying I love you, right? That's that's right. kind of creepy. And then B, if you ask somebody if they want coffee at 930 at night, you're asking them if they want to fuck, right? Yeah, I when I watched it, didn't think anything of it when he said coffee at 930. But then as the show went on, I was like, wait a minute, why did he say that? I think the coffee meant sex. But then it showed her coming home to play with the ball after the date, the little like Kryptonian ball thing that gave her the mm -hmm. information about Superman mm -hmm. X. <laughs> so uh, maybe she didn't spend the night. I don't know. Jimmy is Clark's roommate, so he's got a roommate. Maybe, I, and it looked like they were in a very small apartment. So I, I don't know. I will say I'm not opposed to sex on a first date, but probably it is a good thing to set boundaries and to not stay the night. So good on Lois for that. I am very opposed to saying I love you on a first date, even if you do have sex. I mean, look at the last like couple of days in Lois Lane's life. It's just, you know, it's way too much. She needs to on. blow off some steam, Doc. Yeah, give it some time. I think we're saying different things. But that's we are saying okay. very, yeah, <laughs> apparently we're saying very different things, Bob. <laughs> I'm saying pump the brakes, and you're like, uh, who cares? <laughs> I'm Jump just right saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't make emotional uh, emotional confessions like that on a first date after a bunch of traumatic experiences. <laughs> Um, speaking of uh, Lois's plans for the future, the show basically making her Batman with the kryptonite is pretty funny. I got, I got to say that. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting, Bob. Until the character that we thought was Metallo at the end of last episode, he steals it and uses it to harm Soups. I could see them going that direction, but I think it'll ultimately be like 
Lois having to debate whether to use it on Clark either at the end of the season or next season because since it's a show that's so centered on Lois and Clark drama, I think that might make more sense than just Metallo yoinks it from Lois. Yeah, you're probably right. I can totally see the scene where he's about to light laser somebody and then she has to like hit him with a kryptonite. All right, Matt. So I've brought in a few Twitter memes, uh, but you have a Reddit grievance to air. Yeah, Bob, I just want to give a shout out to the Redditor who spoiled the appearances of the multiverse Superman and Lois's. Putting spoilers in the title but then not obscuring the image with a spoiler tag makes you a complete douche. <laughs> Maybe it was accidental, but if you're out there and you're one of the people who listens to this podcast, I hate you. But please continue listening to for further coverage of my adventures with Superman. I'll just say, if you are out there and a listener, if I had seen that post, I wouldn't have cared. Um, <laughs> Both because I'm laxer on spoilers and because I hate the multiverse more than Matt. But I understand where Matt's coming from. I see him. I validate his opinions. And that's what we're all about here on this coverage of Superman 2023 with Uncanny Treks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Any final thoughts, Matt? I mean, all he had to do was redact it. (laughs) You're so bitter. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening.